0: started making music, we recorded our first collaborative album together, and we just finished recording our second one that we're hoping to release in the summer.
1: That's Kirsty Lynn, I'm Jamie Green, and this is Trading Fours. Everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Jamie Green, and today is the finale of what I'm calling Folk February. As you recall, I visited the Folk Alliance International Conference here in Kansas City the first weekend of February, and out of that came four distinct conversations, first with Jamie Harris, then with Tallis, then the Henry Girls, and now today's guest, Kirsty Lynn. When I started this podcast way back in 2019, one of the very first things I said was I wanted to talk to all kinds of musicians playing all sorts of music. If you don't believe me, check the tape. Episode one. I really have tried hard to do that. Now, I'm telling you all this because I've had a couple listeners email and say, hey, man, we're the Rock Acts," And I get it because as you probably have heard me say innumerable times, I am a rock and blues guy at heart. But this podcast is a journey, people. I want to expose you to things you may not have been aware of or heard before. You may or may not like it. But that's not the point. The point is to be aware of it. I always make sure whatever musicians I talk to here are talented and that they have a distinctive point of view. So, yes, I made February, folk, February. But to all my rock listeners out there, take heart. Rock and roll is not only not dead, I've got a bunch of rock acts slated in the next few months. Hang in there. I want you to listen with open ears, people, till we get to those rock acts, and you just might, just might, discover you love something you weren't even aware of. Today's guest is Kirsty Lynn, and she's super talented, and also has a unique journey of getting here to Kansas City. Born in New York with stops in London, Virginia, Pittsburgh, I'm probably forgetting one of those, but at least those many, she has tapped into the local music scene her and her musical partner galen clark are doing some interesting things musically kirsty had reached out to me during the folk alliance conference and we tried to fit in in an interview but there wasn't enough time for me to get it done so i had to have her drop by my house to talk in person and i found her to be delightful and funny we had a lot of fun and if you ever wondered about how people sing and sound well well we delve into that like anything, it takes practice and reps. So we're going to get started. Take a listen if you're a rock and roll person. I promise you're going to dig this one. Here's my conversation with Kirstie Lynn. Well, it's nice to meet you. Thank you for coming over. Yeah,
0: nice to meet you too. Thanks S- for having me.
1: Well, thanks for being flexible. You know, um, I had never been to Folk Alliance. This was my first time. Oh, okay. It, it was a little nuts.
0: It was. Uh, <laughs> we... Galen and I, we, we decided to go because we we had some friends here who were like, "Oh my gosh, it's in Kansas! City, you gotta go! Like you gotta go!" And then I had actually met a friend on TikTok of all places, okay, and she was running a room um, with Ethno USA, and she was like, "Hey, like you should go to Folk Alliance, so like, you could totally play in my room." And we got scholarships to go, and so we were like, "Why not?" And we just blew our minds. It was amazing.
1: Yeah, it was pretty. You know, I didn't know what to expect. I have a, a cousin, a first cousin. She has booked artists um, for years. And so she's been coming up here for years and talking about it, But we would just go meet her for dinner like I didn't show up. So it was kind of, it was crazy. It was, yeah. I, I did way too many, like that's why I said, can we do ours later? Because I'm just like <laughs> <sighs> running around. Uh, but it was good. I, I interviewed a band from Scotland. I interviewed a band from Ireland. Um, I did Jamie Harris, who's, I don't know if you saw Jamie when she played. She's great, and she has a new album out. And now, now I'm you. So, um, it's, I, I'm calling it Folk February. For... Wow,
0: very fitting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so what'd you think about it? Like, what did you guys get out of it doing it?
0: Um, well, we made you know so many good connections, um, you know, with with other artists and also with you know venues or DJs. Um, there was this one. Man, we were talking to, we, we started talking to him because we were interested in, in booking and, and he was like, oh, well, you know, we're full for, you know, this year, we're not taking on anyone new, but here are some things you should consider, you know, when you're looking for, you know, a booking agent. Um, and also, um, this is a, a music series that I run. Okay. If you're interested, let me know. And he's going to end up playing some of our music in Asheville and he wants us to be a part of the online... Uh, concert series, so it's really cool. Um, I mean, it's just really great connecting with other artists in different areas, too, because you know, next time they're in Kansas City, you're like, oh, well, you know, let's play a show together or sure. we're going to New Orleans, you know,
2: Oh, I love Maybe New we could Orleans, do something like yeah. that.
0: We've never been to oh play gosh. to New Orleans. Uh, so
1: it's one of my favorite cities in America. I'm just sad. It's going to be underwater. But... I
0: know. It's, it's like I got to get there before it's gone.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I if you love good booze. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> great music. Yeah. Uh, and good food. Yeah. Uh, and I love history. Like, I'm a big, huge history buff. Yeah, me too. So, I mean, it's kind of a perfect place for all right. that. So, I
0: mean, there and there's so, it, it's like, it, you know, America is the melting pot, but I feel like it's even more so in New Orleans, you know, with the Spanish and the French yeah. and, you know, the indigenous. It's that's just, where, like, crazy.
1: That's where American music started, yeah. right there. That's Absolutely. crazy. Well, one of the reasons I was interested in you is that you're, you're from here in Kansas City, but you told me in an email, you're leaving. <laughs>
2: Well,
0: Galen is moving (laughs) to Ohio. Okay. And so um, I'm actually from upstate New York. Yeah. But I've been living in Kansas City. I lived here from 2018 to 2019. I moved away for my master's, which is in opera.
1: Yeah, we're going to get to that.
0: Yes. (laughs) I moved back um, 2021 and still here. I convinced Galen to move here. He... He and I have been friends since we started undergrad um, back in 2013 in Winchester, Virginia. And he had been living in Idaho, just randomly. He's kind of a a nomad and where he decides to like stay a while. It's kind of random. Okay. And, you know, he was like, well, I think, you know, my friend is going to try to move in with his girlfriend. I don't know what I should do. I was like. I have a friend who's got a room opening up you should move to Kansas City you know like let's let's really do the music thing and it's cheap you know we should do it and so he he moved here and we started making music we recorded our first collaborative album together and we just finished recording our second one that we're hoping to release in the summer but yeah he's he's moved to Ohio which stinks
1: (laughs) so what's he gonna do out there
0: um, so his partner lives out there, okay. And he's still definitely going to be doing the music thing. Uh, he, we have a lot of friends in the Akron and Cleveland area, okay. And I think he's going to be curate curating maybe like a concert series or something at a brewery, as well as gigging around.
1: All right. So, I yeah. should have got. I am a terrible host. I should have gotten you a table. I didn't. Even think oh
0: you
2: no, you you're water. okay.
1: Uh, that's funny. One of my oldest and dearest friends. We have been f- like really close friends since we were both three years old. He is in Medina, which is a suburb of Cleveland. So. Oh, yeah. Small world. Uh, yeah, because I read your bio and I was like, you've had a peripatetic life. I mean, you mm-hmm. talk about Finger Lakes, you're at Carnegie Mellon, there's yep. something about London,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're here. Like, mm-hmm. wh- why'd you end up here? Like, I'm always interested in people who right. aren't from here, why are they here? So. It was
0: a total whim. So in 2018, I was living at home with my parents because I moved home after... Um, Uh, my bachelor's degree in opera because I wanted some time before I started my master's sure and so the plan was to take a year off and then go to my master's and though I had some auditions at really great schools I didn't get any offers and then my plan B was to move to Chicago with my partner at the time and then he dumped me and I was living at home and I did not want to be at home anymore and I was like oh my god what the heck am I gonna do and that previous summer, I had gone to Los Angeles for a young artist program in opera, and I had met this wonderful girl named Anna Manns, And uh, we were in the same like dorm room, and we became friends, and we were both auditioning for grad schools at the same time, and she got into UMKC. And I said, Anna, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, I don't wanna live at home, and you know, I can't go to Chicago, and I, I didn't get into <laughs> grad school. And she goes, well, you should just move to Kansas City with me. She was living in Florida at the time. She's from Jacksonville. And I was like, okay, well, I'll think about it. And I talked to my mom and my mom was like, well, the last time you moved somewhere where you didn't know anyone was London and you had the best time of your life. So I think you should go to Kansas City. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to move to Kansas City. And I moved in uh, to a home with Anna and then her childhood friend, Rachel, Lovelace, who plays with the Swallowtails.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and we all moved into a house just like five minutes off from the Nelson. And uh, yeah, I just fell in love with Kansas City. <laughs> yeah.
1: God, I miss being young and being able to do stuff like that sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Um, I'm trying to, I don't, you know, I just spent my 29th, our 29th uh, Valentine's Day with my wife. Oh
0: my gosh, congrats. That's yeah. amazing.
1: Um, and when I moved here, I knew nobody. I moved here in 94. And I actually went, and I was like, "What am I gonna? Do? I don't know." And I had one friend, really good friend, but he was married, so you know, he's not gonna go hang out because he's married. <laughs> um, and so I said, "What am I gonna do?" So I volunteered. I called the Democratic Party, and the first campaign, I, and I, I did it because it's a way to meet people like like minded, and also usually the Democratic Party they give you beer. Like if you, do. I was like, you know, I'm in my 20s, so that sounds great. <laughs> but the first place didn't have any. So I called back and said, I don't like these people. Send me some, so the second campaign, she was actually the scheduler on the can. That's how we met. So I went from knowing nobody here to the the love of my life within like six weeks. Oh my gosh. Life's crazy, man. It
0: is, it is really crazy.
1: (laughs) So I want, this is gonna blow your mind. Um, Joyce DiDonato grew up on my wife's street.
2: Oh my gosh. When
1: she was Joyce Flaherty and actually used to babysit my wife.
0: Oh gosh yeah. that is actually like crazy
1: yeah isn't that funny yeah and then i called her like right when covid started i don't you know i just sent a thing to her pr person i said hey would joyce like to be on and i explained who i was i mean i met joyce a couple times and she's like no <laughs> oh my god that's so funny <laughs> one of the few people who told me no and i was like wow well, i really thought i had an in yeah so i don't know if the pr person ever even talked to talked to joyce or whatever but right so i'm always intrigued by opera just because it seems like i don't know what it's almost like running a marathon like for runner kind of things like it's Mm -hmm. a very specialized thing it is so talk to people because the whole idea of this podcast is to kind of like for lay people to kind of Mm -hmm. understand music better sure so is it about the strength of the voice because they didn't used to have microphones like how did opera start and then what intrigued you about it
0: So, I mean, I I like to say opera is is like the Olympics of singing. You know, it is a full-bodied workout. Your, I mean, your instrument is your voice. It's your entire resonating space, which is, you know, your body, essentially. Um, And I never thought about opera at all until I got into high school. I was was diehard musical theater girl. Um, But when I was 15 or 16, my mom was like, hey, do you want to take classical voice lessons and I was like you know yeah sure I grew up around Eastman okay um in Rochester outside of Rochester and so I went to the Eastman Community School of Music and I studied with a lady there named Cecile Sane and uh I enjoyed learning how to sing opera my voice has always kind of been leaning that way anyways Mm -hmm. um and uh I was taking lessons every week, and she was like, "You know what? Why don't we put you in a competition? Like, let's see how you do." And I started doing these competitions, and I started doing well, and I was really enjoying the music, and I was really enjoying learning all about it. I was taking music theory in high school, and I was huge into band and chorus. I played clarinet for twelve years, and okay, and jazz saxophone. Okay, and, you know, we're
1: gonna totally bond then. <laughs>
0: okay, yeah, wait. I I loved it. I you know, just music was my life, and. When it got time to be, uh, you know, thinking about college, I was moving away from musical theater because instead of keeping up with the dancing, I was still playing sports. I played soccer and softball. Um, Mostly, I played other sports too, but those were the two big ones. And um, I was like, well, I don't think my dancing really could cut it. Mm -hmm. But I know my singing can. And so I decided to audition for schools and opera and I went to school for opera and I actually saw my very first opera in my first year in school for okay. opera and it was incredible I mean you are sitting there in the audience and the folks on stage there there is no amplification yeah. there's no mic yep. anywhere yep. and it is literally just their voice cutting over you know who it can be a 20-piece ensemble. It can be a 50-piece ensemble, Yeah. you know, and it's just their voice. And, and they have to do that for somewhere in between an hour and a half to three hours sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they have to do it multiple times a week, and they can't hurt their voice, you know. Yeah. Like, um, injury is, is a really tricky thing, you know. When, when you get an injury, it's hard to recover from it. So technique is so important.
1: Oh my God! Yeah.
0: Um, and that it's it's like everyone has their own ideas of like what technique should be like. You know, there's the technique that's been around for centuries, mm-hmm. and then there's like some new you know ideas. Um, I really fit in with the bel canto, which is um, an Italian, an old Italian way okay. of of singing, and um, it's just it's finding the the line connected to your breath. Um, it's, it's using chiaroscuro, which means light and dark. So this lightness, this brightness is coming from this mask area. So it's the bridge of your nose to under your eyes Mm -hmm. and your cheekbones back kind of just above your ears and up to your middle forehead. This is all the mask. So that brightness, that's where your voice is resonating the most.
1: They call it head voice and like layman turn. Correct.
0: Yeah, well, head voice, um and you know, chest voice. Right. You know, a voce di petto is what they call it. Like,
1: well I'm a schmo, voice. so I just that's what I call yeah,
0: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and well the thing is like even if if you're singing in chest voice, you still will resonate in this mask area as an opera singer because this is where you get all the cut. You're mm-hmm. sitting at a you're singing at a certain frequency mm-hmm. that it will cut over the orchestra. And actually fun little fact, Pavarotti is one of the only singers who didn't sing in singer's formant, which is a certain formant on uh, the scale of formants. I think singer's formant is, oh gosh, I don't remember. I want to say it's four, but I don't quote me on that. I, I don't know if that's right. There's no but, test here. You're fine. <laughs> but he actually sang in a different formant, which okay. is, is crazy. I mean, we all, you know.
1: Well, this is fascinating. I think this is fascinating because um, I'm a Gen Xer. All right, mm-hmm. so I'm I literally next week will be 55 years old and all of my friends are bemoaning all the, these you know their heroes when they were growing up these mm. rock guys whose voices are shot. yeah um, John Bon Jovi being like the most thing but somebody just sent me Stephen Piercy from rat yeah and he's done and uh, there was somebody uh, you know um, Daily Roth was never great but I actually saw Van Halen in 2012 and he was so bad. And I was like, can he not? Is he just so deaf from the the thing that he can't hear the note? Or is it? I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, but conversely, you get like an Ann Wilson of heart.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I just saw her like two years ago. Sounds great. We just saw Pat Benatar six mm-hmm. months ago. Pat sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. So there's something really to be said, if you know what you're doing, how to sing correctly, Right, you can do that. Oh, Tony Bennett, he's in his nineties. I know he has Alzheimer's, which is yeah. horrible, but he can still sing Right, yeah. and it sounds really good for being nineties. Yeah. So are there secrets? What is it just warming up? Like what, what do you say to people? About
0: um, I say like technique is so, so, so important. I know a lot of singers chase a sound, but you should never chase the sound. You should chase a feeling. And if it feels good, it's going to sound good. And, um, I think that's the most important thing. Um, another thing to think about is the sound that you make yourself that you're listening to in real time, isn't actually what it sounds like. To no, not at all. is that funny? Yes. And that's one of the biggest things they teach you in opera. It's like, do not listen to yourself. I mean, listen to yourself for pitch and, you know, for, um, vowels and, you know, you don't want to really gross sounding E on like a higher note or something like that, but, do not listen to your sound your teacher is there for that Mm -hmm. you need to follow the feeling follow the breath you know find where it's it's going to be the best freest healthiest you know um and actually the lead singer of heart i'm pretty sure was classically trained i think i read that somewhere
1: she's great
0: yeah and i think uh I don't know about Pat Benatar. Actually,
1: she's still out in opera.
0: Yes, yeah. So I, I mean, I just, I just think it's. And tricky.
1: she's seventy years old. Right, and I mean, she's been and doing it a long opera time. Opera
0: singers have very long careers yeah. too. Like if they're, if they, you know, sing well, and they try not to sing anything outside of their, you know, their, the size of their voice. So there's, there's like more to opera, you know, other than like. You're a soprano, you're an alto. There are Fox, they call them so. Like, if you're a light lyric coloratura
2: mm-hmm.
0: soprano, yeah. you'll never be singing Wagner because mm-hmm. that is that is for a voice type much larger than yours. Yeah. You'll probably be singing what we call the Inas and the Etas, you know, um, these little like roles, uh, Susanna, uh, Despina, you know, they're just like much lighter, um, in terms of rep, uh, but. Yeah, I think technique is is really, really important. And I know a lot of people get scared when they hear opera. They're like, oh, well, I don't want to sing opera. Well, you don't have to. You know, like I don't sing opera anymore, but I use my opera technique every time I sing. Yeah. You know, and I discover new new things with it. You know, when I um, explore other genres, you know, I love singing jazz and um, I love singing opera still or musical theater or you know, the, the folk stuff, which I write, um, which Gayla and I do together. So, um, yeah, I just, technique is so important. People Absolutely. Don't
1: it. Yeah. We just went and saw Town, which obviously that started, that was a folk artist that wrote yeah. all that. I can't think of her name, Anise Mitchell. Is that her name? I
2: mm, right. Yeah.
1: And that's kind of cool that she did that crossover because it yeah. doesn't really happen that much. I think the
0: Ava brothers wrote, they took all of their songs and, or some of their songs and made a a musical too
1: yeah so growing up what did you listen like who are the singers you listen to and you're like wow I really like that and I want to do this
0: um so I I grew up you know listening to a lot of musical theater um, but I also grew up my family is pretty religious so I grew up listening to a lot of Christian rock which okay is, which is striper
1: really you're probably too young for striper
0: Uh yeah I, <laughs> you know three ds grace you okay. know um, I can only imagine whoever sings that one okay um But I, it's funny, when I was singing as a child, because I was listening to a lot of musical theater, Mm -hmm. um, I never really tried to sing, I, 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 never thought that I would try and sing, like, contemporary. Okay. Um, and it wasn't until I was, I was getting older, um, you know, I, I found, uh, Joni Mitchell, actually. Like yeah, I was going to talk to you about later. Joni. Yes. Because
1: I, I, well, the first time I heard your folk stuff, I was like, it's, she has to like Joni Mitchell.
0: Oh, I love Joni Mitchell. Like she, she really set my world on fire. I started listening to her probably early, I want to say early undergrad. I mean, I had heard some of her stuff. Everyone knows a case of you, right? It's like one of her greatest but when i found Joni mitchell i was just like this is incredible because a lot of the times growing up people were like oh well your voice is so operatic and you know you can't you can't belt and you know sing musical theater like the contemporary musical theater the golden age stuff was what i really was into you know like um judy garland has a beautiful voice um you know but when i was listening to Joni mitchell like early Joni, yes that's kind of I sound
1: pre-cigarette Joni.
2: yeah it's so funny too i think she said that
0: she doesn't believe that her cigarettes have affected oh her God. voice at all
2: <laughs> no but you know Horribly. it's
0: uh i mean she 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 rolled with the punches as her her range got smaller and smaller
2: um, yeah
1: you know she and i haven't really you know this is year four of this podcast we haven't talked that much about Joni mitchell but I would argue she is one of the best songwriters of the, the later half of the 20th century. Yeah. And I, you know, it's really, and I always tell people, you know, cause people are so ridiculous. Like they're like, no, nah, I'm not going to listen to it. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, you really, um, her alternate tunings that she used on the guitar. Yeah. Really open stuff up. And then the facts like she hires Pat Metheny to play guitar and Jaco Pastorius to play bass. And I mm-hmm. forgot who played dr- like all this cool stuff. Like she was really innovative. Yeah. Um, and ahead of her time in a lot of ways.
0: Yes um well i i kind of i've only made it to um really like court and spark for the roses i i was moving very slowly through her music because i was just like obsessing over it and when she took her music off of spotify i was like oh no how am i gonna listen to later Joni? and so i really haven't dove into it but you know as, as someone who listened to the early stuff when i first heard court and spark i was like whoa this is so different it's, like, still Joni, but I was, like, this is crazy. Yeah. it's It was so different and so new. And I was, like, this only gives me, like, a taste of what the rest of her stuff must have turned into. Like, she was just, I don't know, just, yeah, like you said, ahead of her time. And she went to school for, for art, and she dropped out because she wanted to do new stuff. And she said that they were obsessed with the old stuff. And she was, like, well, I want to... I want to create what I want to create. I don't want to follow these rules. Yeah. Um. So I think her lyrics are stunning. I mean, I think of Chelsea Morning and how she said sun poured in like butterscotch and stuck to all my senses. I'm just like, oh my gosh, the fact that you like were able to just put that feeling to words in such a visceral way. Mm-hmm. Was like, it's just, it blows my mind.
1: You know, it's really interesting you are talking about, you know, I think the great musicians, a lot of them are iconoclasts because I just read a book on Thelonious Monk
2: Mm. and
1: the the reviews of him when he was out playing they're like oh it's terrible and he's wrong notes and you know all this stuff and it's like now I don't know how many jazz standards are Thelonious Monk tunes same kind of thing like people like like I said she was ahead of her time and then people caught up to it and they're like oh now I get what she's doing. Yeah. But so Joni and who else do you like? I I, you, I watched a couple of your videos online.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you do nice finger picking, like you've got it down on guitar. Well, thank so. you.
0: Yeah. I I have no formal teaching on the guitar. It's just all things I've kind of taught myself. And Galen, on the other hand,
1: he's really good. Oh I my god, god, he's yeah. phenomenal. And yeah.
0: when we were in school together, he went to school for music production and recording technology. So everything that you listen to online. Um, is recorded by him um, and mi- mixed and mastered, um, and so we're very lucky that he has that skill set. But his instrument was jazz guitar, and so he studied jazz guitar. Okay. Um, and he and
1: I should hang out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he he loves
0: a jam. Like my <laughs> my biggest joke you know, that I would tell of Galen or like would just tease him in school is, you know, and people would be like, oh, well, what should we do? Galen was always like, well, we should go jam in the student center. And so whenever, even now he's like, well, what should we do? I'm like, we should go jam in the student center. He's like, oh, you know, I'll never, he will never let me love that down. But that was all he ever wanted to do was to make music with other mus- musicians and jam. Like he is so talented in that way. Um, he listened to a lot of Nick Drake. Sure. So, and you can hear it in a lot of his stuff—the finger picking and the yeah. way he sings. And um, Angel Olsen is one of my inspirations too. She's just like a sad girl with a guitar. Her old stuff. Okay. Um. Uh. Who else? Oh, I love Andrew Bird. Okay. His whistling is phenomenal, and he was a classically trained violinist, and you can tell his melodies are just so virtuosic, and I really admire that because I try to bring that you know that same kind of feeling that um that virtuosic feel of melody of classical music you know opera solo singing or solo instrument you know into my melodies Mm -hmm. um because i think it is it's just so beautiful yeah and i think people can connect to it more than they might think
1: yeah i had a guy on last year black bach have you ever heard of him
0: yeah wait i have Mm mm-hmm
1: where it's half classical music and half hip-hop because he grew up in Detroit. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. If you can do yes. it. Yes. Yeah. I
0: mean, a lot of, you know, Bach is so uh, rhythmic, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it just, it would make sense that something that is also very rhythmically driven, like hip-hop, would mi- mesh well with it.
1: Yeah. He's stupid good, too. Yeah. That doesn't hurt. So, what I see you're playing out a bunch. You've got a new album out. People listening to this, getting to know you, uh, I I mean, people can listen to this anywhere in the world, but I think about 80% of my people are from Kansas City. Like, what's the best way to follow you? Like, where can they find you?
0: Yeah. I'm very up to date on Instagram. Okay. My Instagram handle is Kirsty K-I-R-S-T-I-E, K-I-R-S-T-I-E mm-hmm. the worstie. <laughs> y at the end. My sister used to call me that growing up, and mm-hmm. I thought first for my Instagram handle that it would be funny to be thirsty Kirsty, but that one was already taken, so I was like, well, Kirsty the worsty works. Yeah. Um, and I have a website, Kirstyland.com.
1: How many people call you Kirstie? All the time.
0: All the time. <laughs> Kirsty, Kristen, Christy, all of it. All um that. But you know, it's it's just something that I've I've you know, it's Kirsty is not really a common name here. Like when I was in London, like it was the first time I ever met another Kirsty. Okay. Um she was in my class. She was actually a year ahead of me. Um and she spelled her name with a Y. But I was like, oh my god, I've never met another Kirsty before. Um, but you know, the Curse of the worsty. it really helps people know how to say my name. Right. So, but yeah, I, it's just something I'm like, yeah, people are going to say my, my name wrong. I'm just going to accept
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about London. So you were there for school.
0: Yeah. I studied abroad for a semester. I lived in Surrey Keys and okay. my school was... Um, Trinity Laban Conservatoire of Music and Dance, okay. and it was based in the Royal Naval College in Queen Anne's Court um, on the River Thames in Greenwich. And wow. so I spent most of my time in London in Greenwich, which was so, so beautiful. I I fell in love with London instantly. It was really the first time other than going to college that I was there as an adult, doing my own thing, like kind of by myself. I lived, I lived in like a house share sort of thing, but it was constantly other folks in and out because they were there for like English language programs that were about two weeks long. Okay. Um, and so I stayed there for like three and a half, four, four months, and I had to do everything myself. You know, commute, figure out how to to get somewhere. And the first, I want to say, the first week, I didn't know anyone. Like, I got there before school started, and I just explored the city for myself and it was just magical. It's such a great city. To it walk. is so beautiful. Yeah. I mean the architecture, I had been to Paris before, but I was like, man, like there's just something about London.
1: Yeah. It's just lovely to walk. And yeah. as we talked about earlier, if you're a history nerd like me and
0: I love history, yeah. um,
1: and I like a big Anglophile. Like I took one of the best classes I took in college was from, uh, 1066 to the glorious revolution. And the guy that taught it was actually English. And I wow. just loved it. So like, I know all this weird random English King stuff and right. all those things. Uh, I don't know where my keys are in the morning, but I can, you know, I could tell you all about Alfred the Great or, you know, Richard the Third getting killed. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's cool, though. I think, you know, my, my older son is a... He's 21. He's a technically now a senior, and he is studying at Oxford this summer.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So we're super excited for him. That's
0: incredible.
1: It's such a great opportunity. It is. I mean, it's hard when you... America is so big and spread out it's not like if you're a european where you can go to other countries i mean going to other countries america would be like going to texas yes so it's such a great opportunity it's so good for americans to go somewhere else
0: absolutely and
1: get a different perspective
0: yes i i think that perspective is so important in life in songwriting and anything you do and i have learned so much just from traveling um i you know, I've I've been to a couple of places in Europe. My sister actually lives in Paris. No, she really? Yeah, she works in fashion in Paris. Wow. <laughs> I know. She's doing great things over there. Really is your mom
1: heartbroken that oh, her so, kids are so far away? Yeah,
0: she is. I I feel bad, you know. Um she was like, So do you think you like you'll be living to New York? <laughs> I was like, Mom, I don't think so, but like you can always come visit. <laughs> yeah, well, you're
1: a lot closer than Paris. <laughs>
0: yes, I am. Um but yeah, I I think having a different perspective is is very important or else you kind of get you know the blinders that horses have you know you, you kind of lose you know the the um
1: the wide lens
0: yes yeah it's just it becomes so narrow and you you forget
1: yeah I think a lot of it too is that and and and, and I, I, I preface this as well. Like I'm like super Mr. American. Like I you know I love the Fourth of July and I, I love you know I've got George Washington on the wall right over here. And um, but we aren't the end all be all. There yeah. are other places with other cultures who have done amazing things. And maybe we should be aware of that. You know? Absolutely. Um, it was really funny last when I was in Scotland in 2018, and they kept apologizing about Brexit. And I was like, dude, we have Trump. Like, Yeah.
2: <laughs> literally.
1: Literally. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I yes. feel much more. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> anyway, so it's, I, I'm glad you got to do that. It's really cool and, mm-hmm. and, and stuff. So what's? So you're playing out a bunch. You're playing, you know, this is going to air on the 24th. So tell people where they can come see you and Galen.
0: Yeah. So Galen will be back from Ohio in March. We have a show in Weston, Missouri at the Whis- Whiskey Snug on March 3rd. Um, we have a show in Lawrence, Kansas at the Gaslight Gardens on March 4th.
1: Good.
0: The 6th, I believe, we're playing at Casual iron Brewing.
1: <laughs> I need to go down there. I can't yes. believe I've never been down there. Yeah,
0: oh my god. Come down. We have some great beers on tap right now. Uh, and we're always changing, but right now we have a Carrot Cake Porter on Nitro,
1: and okay. it's pretty delicious. Is it? Yeah. Is it dangerous to work at a place that hasn't many good beers? Like, you feel like um, you always have to have a pint or two before you head home?
0: Well, you know, it's it's dangerous in how easily accessible the beer is, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, when you're working and you finish your shift, you, of course, get a shift beer. And it's like, why would I turn down a free beer? Right. But I will say, <laughs> it's like... Sometimes you walk in there and you're like, I can't, I just can't have a beer today. Like, I just don't want a beer. I don't even want to, I don't want to smell it. I don't look at it anymore. Yeah. Um, but no, the beers are really good and, you know, each day it's, it's like, well, maybe I'm in the mood for this one, but.
1: Yeah. Um. Musicians are the only people on the planet to get free drinks while they're working. I
0: know, right?
1: <laughs> it's so funny. We played at Aspen's restaurant last week. I have an acoustic duo is one of the things I'm doing and the woman behind the bar I don't know why I always do visual things when I'm on the <laughs> podcast because nobody knows what I'm doing with my hands but uh, she kind of she I, so she caught my eye and she nodded at me and I was like okay and like I nodded back
2: mm-hmm.
1: but all of a sudden she just put more drinks on I was like no oh, I didn't need another round
2: yeah you but know, thanks we're in our
1: 50s I mean my god we have to pace ourselves so
0: um, there's one more gig in okay. March 2 that I wanted to talk about that we were really excited so when I reached out to the Whiskey Snug about playing I didn't realize that Kelly Hunt um, the banjo Kelly hunt. Did yeah. There's the two Kelly hunts. Yes. Piano Kelly hunt and banjo <laughs> Kelly hunt. I've heard that's how they yeah. <laughs> people, you know,
2: yeah.
0: uh, specify, but, um, she does the booking for whiskey Snug, and she emailed me back and I was like, Kelly hunt just emailed me. And she was like, hi, I do the bookings for, uh, the whiskey Snug, And I think that you would be a, a great fit. But I also would like to have you on my Songcraft sessions, which is a songwriting series she does at the Rhino. So uh, we're going to do that on the 9th of March. Mm-hmm. Um, the first 15 minutes is like a QA. and a Then it's a 45 minute set of Galen and I playing our music. We're going to have old stuff. We're going to have new stuff. Um, and then the last, I think, 15 minutes is like... Uh, some tunes that we're going to collaborate with Kelly Hunt on.
1: Banjo Kelly Hunt.
0: Banjo Kelly Hunt, yes. (laughs) I have
1: not had Banjo Kelly Hunt on. I've had uh, Piano Kelly Hunt on twice.
0: Oh, wow. That's so cool. She's
1: great. Yeah. Super nice, too. Mm -hmm. She was at the Folk Alliance
0: yes she I, was i
1: felt so bad all these people were like you need to come to my showcase and they'd be like okay i'd be like when is it and they're like it's at 11 30 or it's right. at 12 and i was like oh my god dude i know
0: it's so hard
1: yeah, you're 30 years too late for me yeah. up at that like i i was never a night person which is strange and now
2: mm-hmm.
1: i mean i'm in bed with a good book by the, the latest 10 like i just <laughs> like i just i don't know why and winter's hard too because once it gets it's dark and it's yes. cold yes I find that when you play out, like, you have much better response when the weather's nice. Yeah. People coming out. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, people don't want to leave the comfort of their Mm -hmm. warm, snuggly homes, you know? It's like, well, I could sit on the couch and watch something on Netflix, or I could get into my freezing cold car Mm -hmm. and then go spend money on alcohol and listen to someone in this bar. Like, when it's pitch black, it's felt like 10 p.m. for the past three hours.
1: At least. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we're watching TV and my my wife Kelly will be like, "What time is it?" And we'll think it'd be like, not, "I'm like, oh, it's seven I'm like, yeah. holy shit, <laughs> the night <laughs> is young, but it doesn't feel like it." <laughs> what are we gonna do for the next three? hours? I can't fall asleep now. I'll Be up at four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So what? All, you play piano. and What else do you? or you said clarinet. Yes. I saw you playing a little guitar. What else do you play? Um,
0: I play a little bit of piano. Like I had to take. I took piano as a kid for a little bit. And I also had to take piano classes in my undergrad, Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, they're actually on my first album, Tears in Medicine. There are two tunes that I wrote on piano that are me playing piano and singing.
1: You doing like an easy key, like a C or an F or a G? Um, Oh, it depends.
0: I really like D, and I think four
1: sharps, man.
0: Yeah, I don't. It feels better (laughs) on the hands to like. It's like the the. The pattern, mm-hmm. it, it, the muscle memory like remembers, you know, like, oh, right, the, the raised third, you know, on the, yeah. the F sharp, you know, it just feels better. And then the other one I think is in like some A flat sort
1: Ooh, of key. That's even harder. But well,
0: that one I wrote in London. It's called Waterloo Bridge. And my, I was in the practice room just goofing off. Me and my friend Giles, such an English name. Yeah. Me and Giles were hanging out in the, uh, the um practice rooms uh at the old Royal Naval Court. And I just, I sat down and I, I at the piano, I was looking at the window at the the lights and, you know, reflecting off of the Thames. And I just, I literally just sat down and wrote that whole song just like in one go. And Isn't it's weird. all these different weird chords, weird jazzy chords. And I, he played some jazz. And so after I kind of had the first bit written, written. I like went over to his practice room. And was like, Charles, you got to listen to this. You know, like, what do you think? He's like, Oh yeah, that's pretty, pretty cool. You know, yeah. I was like, cool. Well, that was interesting. I'd never written anything like that. Um, but yeah, so some piano, my sight reading on the piano is, is really not good. But if I sit down and practice, it's, it's better. Um, I played clarinet for 12 years. I played alto saxophone. I played tenor saxophone. I play, uh, ukulele.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, guitar and i've been learning banjo and the next instrument i really want is a mountain dulcimer (laughs) okay yeah
1: that's perfect for what you're doing
0: yes i just i had the opportunity to play one for the first time at folk alliance Mm -hmm. um i met this lovely swedish girl named helena who lives in new york city now and she is a songwriter with uh, a dulcimer and she started learning dulcimer because of joni mitchell and she's got a beautiful, beautiful voice. She actually studied musical theater. Okay. Um, she's got a beautiful voice. Um, you know, it reminds me of my own vice, voice too, you know, a quicker vibrato, kind of like the Joan Baez, Joni Mitchell sort of thing. And um, yeah, her dulcimer playing was great. And I, she just like sat me down and like taught me a few things and like told me what I needed to know about buying a mountain dulcimer. And I was like, well, I'm going to get a, dul- a dulcimer sometime soon, hopefully. Hopefully um yeah it's it's a very very cool and galen
1: obviously plays guitar and i heard mandolin what else does he play
0: he plays so many he if it has strings i'm pretty sure he can play it he can play mandolin banjo he can't do the claw hammer i'm i'm learning claw hammer currently um but he doesn't play claw hammer it's just like finger picking i i joke that both of our banjo playing is like um infer uh inferred by our um guitar playing okay um and his mandolin actually is in a weird tuning okay it's not standard it's it's so that he can um transfer guitar shapes to oh i need to talk to
1: him yes see because my mom bought me a mandolin last year for Mm. which was a really nice gift for christmas and i was like thinking stupidly it would be the same tuning as a guitar and it was not Mm -mm. and i was like I'm too old to figure this out. Like yeah. I so like actually we do um, losing my religion the REM song. Oh yeah. So I just put the capo on the fifth fret and fake it like it's a mandolin. <laughs> because I just you know. Right. But if you can do it that way.
0: Yeah, he. Puts I would. It I would in, love
1: because then I, I would do it.
0: Yeah, he has it in an open tuning. Okay. He plays. He loves to play in open tunings. He rarely ever plays in standard on the guitar. Um. So he plays in an open tuning, um, on the mandolin. He plays acoustic guitar, he plays electric guitar. Like he can play lead guitar really really well. I Good. mean his, his solos are really spectacular. He can play slide guitar, he plays bass. Um yeah, he's he's a man of very, very, very many talents. He's a
1: renaissance man. Yes,
0: he really is. <laughs> Too
1: bad he went to Ohio.
0: I know, I know. Well, I'm I'm happy for him. Um, you know, he he's someone who doesn't like to stay in the same place for very okay. long. But I know that this isn't the end of things, you know, we have some other things on the horizon, you know, with releases and, and, you know, we're headed back to Texas in June, Which to play some shows East Texas. So we're going to be in like Fort Worth area. Okay. Um, and we're hoping to like add a couple more shows to what we already have. But we, we try to do one tour a year. We did one in November. We went to Colorado, and um, we went literally all across Texas. We started in El Paso, and we ended in... Um, Texarkana. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and then made our, our way back up, but...
1: My yeah. mom was from Texarkana, so...
0: Oh, cool. Here's
1: a stupid factoid that maybe someday would win trivia for you. Texarkana is actually closer to Chicago than it is to El Paso by, like, 10 miles wow that's how big Texas is
0: yeah it, it was huge it, and it, it's so different too on either side yeah. like it really is different
1: well this is an amazing segue I do a theme question every year so last year was what's a, a vinyl album I should have in my collection that I probably don't and I totally should which was great mm-hmm. uh, I got I went out and bought a lot of
2: vinyl more yeah. which I
1: you know probably needed like a hole in the head but it was a lot of fun and this year's question is what's your travel hack because musicians travel a ton so I'm asking every musician like what makes travel suck a little less so what do you do?
0: Um so what makes travel suck a little less for Galen and I when we're on the road um we we have certain songs that uh we'll play when it starts to get a little rough you know so um our first tour was funky town okay <laughs> um and then I'm trying to think we had a couple different ones we might have even brought funky town back But, um, just have a go-to song that, you know, you both, you guys know the words and it's going to get, you know, the energy up again, um... So I think just, just have a song, a couple of songs where, you know, you're going to put it on and you're going to get in, into that, that better headspace.
1: Is there a more 80s song than Funky Town?
0: Oh, absolutely not. Like that is just like, yeah. that is the one.
1: My joke always with 80s tunes, like somebody got a Casio keyboard for Christmas <laughs> 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 and they're yes. going to play the shit out of it on yes, this song. Literally. That's funny. Uh, yeah. That's, you know, my boys, they roll their eyes. Cause I, I always have like, um tunes for like when we we do a road trip in the car mm-hmm. I was gonna start out with City of New Orleans with Arlo Guthrie mm-hmm. you know it's just the like, hello America and they hate that and then Tulsa Time Don <laughs> what's his bucket they got gonna do Tulsa Time like there's all these like road songs you have yes. to
0: have have you uh, ever heard of the Old Chisholm Trail
1: I've heard of that song but I couldn't sing it if I, I don't remember it so Galen
0: that... hates okay. that song everybody has
1: songs people hate
0: uh, He I love that song it's okay. so it's it's really good because it's it's a bunch of different verses, but the chorus is the same as yippee, yippee, come a tie, yeah, yippee, yippee
2: So it's like
0: by the second time you already know what the chorus is, and after the billionth time you've heard a verse, you're like, oh everyone knows the chorus. Everyone's <laughs> singing uh um like harmony on it now, but it's it's really fun. My favorite line is, Well, I sold my horse, I sold my cattle, and you can go to hell with your longhorn cattle. <laughs> That's and, great. And so like that that line for me it's like towards the end of the song and i'm always just like waiting for that line it's it's so good <laughs> And he's ready to climb out of yeah the every time we put it on because <laughs> it starts it's like this quacky little like and he'll just like look at me and be like no
2: and i'll be like
0: it's my turn to pick a song galen and i'm picking this one that's
1: funny he moved to ohio who would have thought yeah one too many times well, it was very nice to meet you thank you for being flexible yeah, and doing this stuff yeah thank you for and, having me uh, it's been a lot of fun
0: yeah this has been great
2: <laughs> arid soil with cracks and so Breaks the skin of callous tans as she climbs. Again, she climbs from the rocky pit of a love that went cold and dry.
1: Kirsty Lynn, everybody. She was delightful. It was a ton of fun. It was very nice. It was very kind of her to come to the house and we had a fun. And now you now you know how to sing. It's all head voice and chest voice and all these crazy exercises that you can do to make yourself. I'm actually trying to become a better singer, so I've been doing some of that. I, I wish I hadn't started in my 50s, <laughs> but I was so intrigued by the guitar that I didn't even think about it. And I've actually got to work with a lot of really, really, really good singers. Um, currently, I um, work with Matt Furman, who's a great rock and roll singer, and I've worked with my friend and my sister from another Mr. Laura Ellis and a bunch of different people over the years so uh, I hadn't worked on it before but I am working on it and, it, and it's a work in progress but it, it's fun so that's going to do it for today yes show notes, show links check it out, Kirsty Lynn, Galen Clark down there um, she's very active on social media these crazy kids so active on the social media um, so you can follow her on Instagram and a bunch of other places and see her posts so she's got two cute dogs Can never go wrong with a dog post. So that's going to do it for today. One week from today, I am back. Uh, I've got on Lincoln Barr. He is uh, a a composer, singer, guitarist. He currently lives in South Carolina. Uh, But you may know him. He was uh, the leading person in the Seattle-based pop group Red Jacket Mine. Um, He's going to be here in Kansas City. He's playing at the mini bar in a few weeks, so we decided we would chat ahead of time. So you'd be aware of them. Go out and check them out. So until then, go out, support live music. We will talk real soon. Bye-bye.